everyone. This is Cammie. And Allie. Welcome back to another episode of Here Are Two Cents. Today we have a very special guest. Indeed we do. So today we have a good friend of mine. Sasha is all the way from Jeju Island. She's on an island, guys. She's on a <laughs> boat. She's on a <laughs> uh, What What has you over here in Korea as well? Okay, well, hello everyone. And I'm not in a boat. I'm in a house. <laughs> Um, but I came to Korea, um, it's a long story and it's been many years in the making. Um, so in university, I was an education major. I majored in elementary education and one of my professors, um, had taught all over the world. She taught in Russia. She taught in Korea. She taught in Dubai And she had really, really positive things to say about South Korea. And so that kind of was always in the back of my mind since I was in university because I, you know, I met this cool young professor and she had traveled and she had taught and I was a teaching major. So I decided that after I graduated, I wanted to come to Korea. And yeah, I came and that's why it happened. I made it happen. How long, how long have you been here? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have been here not that long. I've been here since October 2021. So shortly after you arrived, Allie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. So you're, al- you're, you're almost at your year mark point. You're like yes. halfway? A little yes, more I'm halfway. A, yeah, I'm like about what the math, uh, the math doesn't math with me. So maybe like seven or eight months now. Oh, that's awesome. Was there anywhere else that you have taught before going to Korea? I taught during my teaching internship. Mm -hmm. And so um, for anyone who doesn't know what that looks like, um, during my senior year of college, my first semester, I taught part-time. So I taught Mondays and Tuesdays at an elementary school. And during my last semester at university, I taught elementary school five days a week, 40 hours, five days a week, 40 hours. Um, And then after that, I did not teach when I graduated because American schools are hard, so much hard work. And so after I graduated, I decided I needed a break from teaching. And so I I did just that. I took a break. I worked at um, a bank. And then so Korea is my first time teaching um, outside of my university experience. Oh, okay. So like right out the gate of graduating, you were like, hey, ma, I'm going to go across the world. I'll see you in a little bit. Yeah, basically, basically, yes. Did you put Jeju as one of your choices for location? Because I know we, uh, for our program, we can put three locations down for our preference. Mm -hmm. So was Jeju one of those? Or was it just kind of like, oh, I got placed in Jeju? No, I decided to be a wild child. And I decided that I was going to put flexible Um, Because, yes, I watched a lot of YouTube videos and, uh, you know, people recommending places and people talking about the pros and cons of living in a bigger city, the pros and cons of living rurally. And I could see both sides. And I decided that ultimately, 
you know, wherever I ended up is where I was meant to be. So on that little application, I just put flexible and they put me on this little island. So do you have any regrets for putting flexible or are you happy? Okay, so for that, I am like 80% happy. I love Jeju. Um, It's a cool little spot and everyone wants to come to Jeju to at least visit because it's like a tourist destination here in Korea. (laughs) Yes, cool. And you absolutely should come visit and you will. I'll come. End of of July, I'm there. Please. You always have a place with me. And yeah, so 80%, no regrets. Uh, The 20% regrets that I am feeling is that I do get jealous when I meet friends who live on the mainland. And I have so many friends who live on the mainland. And it's such a hassle to get to the mainland. Like, um, I can't just like hop on a bus. I have to hop on a plane and then I have to hop on a bus or I have to hop on a plane and then I have to hop on a train. So it's never just like a straight shot. It's just like a ordeal if I want to meet up with people uh, or if I want to like explore other parts of Korea, Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more planning than someone on the mainland like i have to think about does does an airport connect from jeju to that city and if the airport doesn't connect am i gonna have to fly to a bigger city and then how am i gonna get to that smaller city so um in that regard it's just it can be a headache so that's like the 20 percent regret that i feel sometimes yeah and that that's understandable i mean i can't say i know exactly how you feel Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know a little bit because for me, I'm in a very small rural town. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I have to know, okay, what bus can I get to get to the bigger city? And then what train do I need to take once I get there to get to another city? And then Mm -hmm. if I'm coming back, I need to make sure my one bus times with the train arrival. So I understand that aspect. But like, how long does it take for you to go from Jeju to the mainland? Like, let's say you're going from Jeju to either Daegu or Seoul for, like, one of the more well-known cities here, like, so, typically. Yeah, that's a good question. That That's the easy part. So if I want to just go to Seoul, Busan, Daegu, I'm set. That's an hour, like, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour for each, each location. So the bigger cities in Korea, if I just want to... if I just want to travel those three cities. I'm cool. I hop on a plane for one hour and I'm there. But if I want to go anywhere else, then the problems start popping up. Ah, I got you. I understand that. Well, I have another question. How did the pandemic shape your decision to still continue to go on this journey? I decided because we were at the tail end of last year. We were like, what? one and a half, two years into the pandemic. And so I kept saying, before I applied, um, I kept saying, I'm going to wait until the pandemic ends. I'm going to wait until the pandemic ends because I know that Korea pre-COVID and Korea in the middle of COVID and now Korea at the tail end of COVID, they're all very different experiences. And so before coming to Korea, I at the very start of me deciding that I wanted to come here, I kept telling myself that I would wait. And then about a year and a half, two years into, into the pandemic, 
I was like, what am I waiting for? I don't know how long COVID is going to last. I don't know, you know, what the world is going to look like in one year, two years, if I keep waiting. So I just decided um, to come nonetheless. And when I did come to Korea, um, you know, I still had to do the 14-day quarantine. Um, there's no quarantine right now, but I had to quarantine. Um, we had to oh, do really? like... Yeah, we had to do like if we wanted to go anywhere, the grocery store, restaurant, Daiso, you know, you had to scan in your health check on an app. Um, when I came here, I think foreigners weren't even allowed to register their vaccination. And then a few months after I came, foreigners were able to finally start registering their vaccination. So, you know, coming here during the pandemic, it was a hard decision. But no regrets. And I feel like I've lived through many different waves of Korea. Um, I've lived through the quarantine. I've lived through the scanning everywhere you go. And now I'm living through no curfew. I'm living through I can just walk into a restaurant and no one cares about a health check. And I'm living through uh, where can I go this summer on my vacation. So things are starting to get normal. And that's kind of like the sequence of living through a pandemic thus far in my experience in Korea. I will agree with you. Let me add to what you're saying because I sure. came a couple months before you. I came in mm -hmm. August and I know you came in October. Yes. And when I first got there, I also did the quarantine for two weeks and all that. Mm -hmm. But I remember there being even you couldn't go out with a certain amount of people. Like you, mm, it had yes. to be six people or less or four people or, or less four, depending yes. on the time mm -hmm. of the month before. I forgot about that too. I yeah. put that out of my memory. I remember memory. being like, we would go out and then it's like, okay, so you have to be mindful how many people you're with because mm -hmm. you know you're going to get separated, especially as foreigners because exactly you stand out. <laughs> so um, that was an adjustment. And then, you know, going through the health check, like she said, when I came in August, I remember everywhere I went, because we were not able to provide, um, they have an app called Coov, and they use that app where you can scan a QR code everywhere you go, and it has your your medical vaccinations on it saying, like, how many shots you have for COVID and all that kind of stuff, and it proves that you are vaccinated. We, as foreigners, didn't have access to that, so I had to travel with my immunization card from mm. the States and show it everywhere I went to prove that I had vaccination. Because some places wouldn't even let you enter if, exactly. you did not have, if you did not have vaccinations or a way to prove that you had vaccinations. And then if you did have vaccinations, sometimes, depending on how big your party was, you could then, like, once they started being more lenient, if you had, like, two people that were vaccinated, then you could have, like, one extra person that was not vaccinated or something like that. So it was, just, it was like, all these little rules and stipulations that you had to pay attention to. Um, once we got access to having Coove, it was very easy. You just did a QR code, kind of scan and go. But even that process was very, very difficult. Agreed with everything that you said. And also before before we had access to Coove, I was always worried, like, is this place going to accept my American vaccination? You know, because not everywhere would be comfortable with accepting the foreign vaccination card. So that was another mm. hassle as well. So glad those days are over. Yeah, it's looking it's looking like we're we're going through the phase of what's next. Um things are sl slowly opening up, things are changing uh here in Korea. So it's it's exciting times, especially now that summer's coming. So 
Yes. I am happy for this um, and hope that we can continue to kind of just explore the country, Agreed. really. And hopefully people like Cami can come and visit Korea. Cami, when is that happening? I have no mm-hmm. idea. You, came <laughs> to, you went to Japan. So. That was she? before. That was before uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta come through because you have Ali, so you got a place to stay. Look, I'm just volunteering Ali's place now. Cute <laughs> girl, we might as well volunteer your place and go play out and get you. Listen, if y'all want to, my 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 one room is everyone's one room who wants to visit. So, if Cammy wants to come through, she can. All right, I'm glad to hear that. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. How many schools do you teach at? What grade level do you teach? Tell us a little bit about your your day-to-day as well. Sure. Okay, so I teach um, at two schools. I teach at an elementary school and I teach at a middle school. So my elementary school is my main school and I'm there um, from Tuesday to Friday and I teach third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Um, so, and then on my, on Mondays, I teach middle school and I only teach, um, first graders. So on Monday, yes, on Mondays, I teach three classes and then Tuesday, I teach my fifth graders on Wednesday. I teach my third graders on Friday. I teach my fourth graders and then on Thursday, I think I missed a day. Whatever grade I missed, that's the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Oh, wow. That's that's really different than how my <laughs> schedule is. You, do you have one large school, like two large schools, basically? Is that why your grade level is literally per day? Yeah, I would say my, my classes are pretty big. Like, um, well, I don't know if they're big, but talking to like some of my friends they seem to be big um so for instance my elementary school i have five classes each grade and each mm-hmm. class has about 30 kids what? so <laughs> yes so you know each day is i got a couple i got like 150 maybe i don't know the math on that but 5 times 30 whatever that is Five times 30? Mm-hmm. 150? Ooh, let me hope my math is good. <laughs> but hey, I'm an English teacher here, okay? Not facts, a math teacher. Facts, facts. <laughs> <laughs> but how oh, long wow. do you take to lesson plan? So when I just came to Korea, it had been a few years since I had lesson plan back in my university days. Um, so lesson plan took me a hot minute because I was I think I was doing the most and I was stressing myself out. Like so I would plan I would plan at school and then I would come home and I'd be planning till like nine, ten o'clock. And that that was like for the first two months. And now these days, like girl, I be lesson planning in like 30 minutes. I like I wake up in the morning and I get to school at 8:30 and my class is my first class is at 9 o'clock. That's that's how long it takes me to lesson plan for the day. And then I have like planning um after my classes, so I have a good like 3 or 4 hours of planning each day and maybe I'll plan for like an hour out of that. So I would say I plan for max like 30, 30 minutes to an hour and a half of planning 
for the day. Wow. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Do you plan more? Do you plan less? Allie? <laughs> I'm still planning after this is done. I'm going to go. For it. <laughs> no, oh. that's me. no. Okay. It's to myself sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. called um, procrastination. It's a really, mm-hmm. really horrible disease. <laughs> it's called procrastination. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I got a little case of it. And, um, so I'm still working on it, but typically for planning, um, I have five schools, so yes. I oh my God. Plan. Say that again, please. It just hit me mentally. You said yeah, I have five, five schools and so, I had a delay in my brain. Yeah. So in, <sighs> in our program, the maximum amount of schools you can get is five Oh, amount is one. Okay. So in, in our, my friend group, I'm the rare unicorn with five. <laughs> mm, yes, the magical so, unicorn. Yeah. So I have middle school and elementary school. So when it comes to my middle school, one of them is very pretty uh, routine. I know mm-hmm. the the what lesson's going to be. But when it gets towards elementary, it gets a little tricky because those teachers are teaching during the weeks. So I have to kind of see where are you guys at so I can know mm. what the plan. And sometimes they get back to me very efficiently. Sometimes oh, they do not. Right. I understand. And I have several people that I have to try and keep in contact with to make sure to see where they are. Or if I get a surprise and like something occurs in the scheduling and there's a change. Mm. So that adjusting. Yeah, that's, but that sounds difficult. It typically takes me. Cause I don't, I just like make sure I get my games done and like a PowerPoint. I only do PowerPoints for review or PowerPoints for intro. Other than that, mm-hmm. it's just textbook for me. So it's just making sure all my games, I adjust the games due to my schools. Cause some of my mm-hmm. schools are very, very small and some of them are a little bit bigger. So yes. some games don't make sense to play when you have two kids. Yes. Right? So I can't. Like some of the times, like, oh, I wish I could carry that game over and play it with the school, but I have to like adjust. So I, I would spend maybe two to three hours planning, but I'm not a teacher uh, in my previous life. So oh, okay. it, it takes me a little bit longer to plan because I'm always like either second guessing or just like just wanting to make sure it's, it's something that the kids will enjoy. So I use like PowerPoint games and things like that because sometimes in my schedules, I don't have time during school that plan because some of my schedules are literally third fourth fifth sixth seven eight okay now you're done after school class like yeah that's (laughs) yeah see I can understand the procrastination and that honestly that setup would give me anxiety I think I have a very easy the way my schedule is structured is very easy because I know every single day I have one grade. So I don't have to worry about planning multiple grades on one day. I think that's hectic for sure. And another good thing is that my co-teacher, she gives me my schedule, like my chap my page breakdown for the mm-hmm. for every single grade at the start of every month. So at oh, the start wow. of that's yeah, nice. at the start of this month, I already knew what I had I knew the pages for each grade by June first. Yeah. So what? that that helps. My my co-teacher is type A. She is on the ball. She will let she let me know my camp dates the first day of school. Like school started and she was like, Sasha, these are your dates for camp in August. I was like, sis, it's March. But yeah, she <laughs> yeah, she is Girl. on it. So I'm blessed in that way. I just found out my dates for camp. 
and at one point there was a conflict because two schools scheduled this camp at the same time and I had to tell one school like you know you can't have that date because that's for my other elementary and they're Mm -hmm. like wait what so then they're like oh what about this date I'm like I have school still going at my other schools so they're like oh August I'm like sure let's go in August (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Oh man, that's great. Um, I do have one. I have a like one or one co-teacher that's really, really cool because he'll send me like mm. a message and he'll send it to me the Friday, that Friday of that week for next week. So that's great because then it's like a week out and that's the most advance I get from my co-teachers. Yeah. I, I mean, the, compared to everyone out. else, so that cool. must be a blessing. Yeah. The good thing is that if I have a Korean surprise, She'll let me know and then she will adjust the schedule. So it's wonderful. Oh. I just I just get it delivered to me and then I make the lesson plan. So That's kudos really cool. to her for that. So what advice would you give someone wanting to move to Korea or wanting to live in Jeju? What's some things that you learned on these last like eight months or so? Okay, so something if you want to come to Korea, first advice, most important advice, just do it like Nike. Just do it. Like, don't make excuses. Don't think about the what ifs. Like, just do it. It's going to be a great experience. And specifically for Jeju, I would say join every Facebook Jeju group available because they are very helpful. There's like a Jeju um, social group that lets you know what's going on on the island every weekend. There's a, a Jeju like teaching group. There's a Jeju um, food group that lets you know like all the popping restaurants. And yeah, so my advice to people who want to live in Jeju is Facebook is your friend. Um, before Korea, I hadn't had Facebook for like 10 years. Um, since high school, I'm aging myself, but now that I'm in in Korea and now that I live in Jeju, Facebook has been like my number one resource. Um, and another thing about living in Jeju, I don't know on about the mainland, but the foreigner community in Jeju is so small and it's so tight knit, like you can meet one person and you can guarantee that that one person knows someone that you know. Um, That's how small it is. And everyone here is delightful. Like I have not had a bad experience with any foreigner. Sometimes you hear like foreigners having drama, like, Mm -hmm. or being clicky uh, on the mainland or in Seoul or whatever. But in Jeju, I honestly have not run into any of that like it's very like island vibe very calm very welcoming so if you're an expat and you want to come to Jeju you're gonna have a good group of people here I mean with Korea the one of the funniest things is it's a small country right yes but things are spread out here but it's a small country in the sense of like even in the foreigner community Mm-hmm. I remember someone messaged me on Instagram like, hey, you know Hannah? And I'm like, yeah, you know <laughs> No, Hannah. that was me. That was me. And then <laughs> no, was that other me? people too. Oh, okay. You, gotcha. but someone else as well. And I'm like, yeah, how do you know Hannah? And they're right. like, wait, the British Hannah or the Irish Hannah? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> please. And the funny thing is like, 
before I even met you, Ali, I felt like I, I had already known you because like I kept seeing you on multiple friends Instagram. Yeah. Like I saw you on Kimberly's Instagram. I saw you on Hannah's Instagram. And like I hadn't we hadn't even met at all. Nope. But I met you and I was like, oh, that's Ali. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, career I, for you. Yeah. I mean, I heard I heard about you before meeting you because through Kim and through mm-hmm. um, Shanna as well. And she was just oh, like, okay. yeah, that's so cool. And I'm like, cool. I was like, I can't wait to meet this cool chick. And then yeah, like when I got right. there, I was like, and then you're like, I'm from Florida. I'm like, bet. <laughs> that, right. And the crazy thing is like, I'm from Florida. You're from Florida. Kim's we from- went to the, right. She's we went Kim's from Florida. Florida. We went to the same university at different times. And it's just like such a small world. So like another thing that I will say about coming to Korea is that if you are an introvert and I am a big introvert um, and I'm a homebody, if, so one of the big worries that I had coming here is, oh my God, will I be able to make friends? And Korea is such an easy place to make friends, even if you are the shyest person ever. Like you will, you can make friends so easily. So if you're worried about making friends or if you're worried about finding a community, I would say don't let that stop you because you're going to find so many people here. Yeah, one of the things I would say as a little bit of advice is definitely, like she said, get involved in wherever city um, you end up in or town. Like for me, I found a softball league and it was a foreigner softball league and I got some great friends from it and it's something where I'm going to be playing again next year. Just getting as involved as you can, that kind of helps with building that that uh, support system and stuff like that. Agreed. And say yes to things like, you know, American Sasha back home, I would very much be the one canceling plans all the time. Like I would say (laughs) yes. And then I'm like, I don't feel like leaving my house today. I am canceling. But in Korea, I do tend to try to say yes more often. So if, if someone invites me somewhere, even if I have like anxiety about it, or even if I'm unsure, or if I'm feeling a little shy, I still try to go and just like to get to meet people and experience new things. So if you come to Korea, just say yes, within reason. If it's safe, if you're not putting yourself in in harm's way or if it's not dangerous, then I would say just say yes, go for it. You can always leave a venue, an event. You can always, you know, dip out if it's not the vibe, but, you know, be open to invitations. That's really good. It's good because honestly, I'm a little bit of both. So mm-hmm. it invites me somewhere. I have to like weigh out the pros and cons after a while. I'm like, do I really want to go? Yes. I feel like <laughs> when someone invites me somewhere, the longer I sit on that invite, the the more likely it is that I'm going to cancel. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. Pre, Pre-Korea, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not going. I'm going to cancel. And then I would be anxious because I knew I would be canceled canceling but i would delay canceling the plan (laughs) so yeah so i have a question sure so when you found out that you were accepted into the program wait i think i lost cammy (laughs) yep we did she said no (laughs) she said no as we go on we remember all, All the, the times time. we <laughs> spent together. <laughs> oh, man. I think we lost her. While I have you on, let me see mm-hmm. if I can. 
ask you another question and then when sure. she joins, she can remember hers. Since you have experience being on the mainland as well, mm-hmm. uh, what are some differences that you've seen between the mainland and Jeju? So the number one difference, I always tell people Korea, like the, the mainland and Korea are basically the same. The only thing is like Jeju has more beaches. Like Jeju has a lot more beaches probably than like the mainland. Busan, notwithstanding. The number one difference that I've seen here, I think, is nightlife. Like, Jeju's nightlife is, I'm sorry, it's dead. Like, if I want to, like, grab drinks at a bar, or if I want to go to a club, which, to be honest, I'm not much of a clubber, but I like to go to a club every now and then in Korea. I've been clubbing with you so you know this Mm -hmm. um so nightlife in jeju it's just not the vibe like every time i go to a bar here um i get sad (laughs) i'm just like where where are the people and like everyone starts going home at like midnight even without the curfew everyone starts heading home at like midnight and comparatively we've been out on the mainland <laughs> together, Ali. We went home at 5 a.m. And we we were not the only ones. People were at the club when we left at 5 a.m. They were still yeah. partying. So Jeju is very much, it feels like, like a retired town when it comes to nightlife. So I don't think if you want like a party scene, it's not the vibe. Um, but if you want like the nature and, and that good stuff, yes, absolutely. And then another difference I think is I'm jealous of the mainland, like the KTXs and the subways and everything like that. I know not every every city has it, but like whenever I go to Seoul or Busan or Daegu, I'm just like, wow, the train. And, you know, Jeju, we don't have that. We only have the bus, the bus system and taxis, but, Mm -hmm. and the buses in Jeju can take a bit longer than the buses on the mainland. Like I go to Seoul, if I miss a bus, like that's cool. Another one is coming in four minutes. In Jeju, if I miss a bus, another one is coming in like 30 minutes. So that's a huge difference. If that's a huge difference, if you like, you have to get to school or if you're meeting friends and you have to be there at a certain time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's something to consider as well. I feel you that on, on transportation. Um, yeah. Because for me in my small town, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, I miss that bus. All right, two hours until the next scheduled bus. Mm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm walking <laughs> or taxi. I guess so yeah, <laughs> taxis, taxis, taxis. My that's my toxic habit in Korea. I will, I will jump I in a taxi. a taxi. Yeah, same. <laughs> At the slightest inconvenience, I am in a taxi, child. <laughs> it looks like we got Cami back. <laughs> she has returned. Yay! She has yes, returned. Back again. Back again. Cammy's Cammy's back. back. Tell your friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> yes. Before you were rudely cut off by the uh, technology, um, <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> um, my question was: Did you do any research about Korea or Jeju before arriving there? And what are some things that you wish you had known before arriving? I did so much research and my research is the millennials version of research. So I was on YouTube. Like if you are a YouTuber living in Korea, 
um, before I came, I have watched you. I have watched your channel. If you are specifically a black YouTuber living in Korea (laughs) before I got here, I've definitely watched your channel. So yes, that's, that's the bulk of the research that I um have done that i did and i will say like the girlies who make um youtube videos in korea about korea they know what they're talking about um they are very well informed and so i feel like i knew pretty much everything to be expected was the second part of that question what did i what are wish things that you wish you knew before arriving? Okay, so I kind of knew this, but like I didn't put it into practice. I would not have brought so so many like hair care products or like skincare products. I would have just bought it when I was here, which to be fair, people kept saying that, but I kept ignoring them because I was like, <laughs> I need my hair care. Um, but really, I brought an extra bag and I paid a ridiculous amount of money in excess baggage and I kind of wish that I wouldn't have done that I kind of wish that I would have just bought like a one month supply and ordered everything online through coupon or through Amazon I did not have to do the most um I could have whatever you need you can get in Korea um it may take a little bit more time to get here but you can get it now to to be playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. for getting specifically hair products for, for mm-hmm. black hair, though. Just as a warning to everyone, you can get it here in Korea, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit more expensive than you're Facts. used to. Yes. And it's not as diverse. It's going to yes. be like your shea butter. And it's seasonal. Like sometimes I look at one site from Seoul and I'm like, oh, they have this. And then like three months later, I went to that same site and they no longer had that specific brand so Mm. you are running the risk of if you have if you're if you like a specific brand i would say then bring that brand i wouldn't say bring like you know eight thousand pounds of it or something (laughs) like that but bring at least a few to get you by until you get your arc and your your ability to shop online and things like that and and that way there's no like stress like oh my god what am i gonna do my hair what am i gonna put in my hair um, but with coupon, you can order some of the most more like well-known brands pretty easily. It's just a little bit more pricier than you're used to. That is an excellent point. And I was, uh, I was that crazy person who bought like 8,000 products. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I have not bought any hair products since I've gotten here and I'm a natural girl. Um, I still have hair products since October that I have you not share opened. Some? Of course, <laughs> yes, I will. I will share because <laughs> I was crazy. Yeah. So if you come to Jeju, you can look through my little supplies. It's when, girl. It's when. Yes. When you come to Jeju, you can look through my hair supplies, and of course, yes. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm probably gonna rock braids when I go to Jeju in case I have to go in the water. Oh, that's a that's another thing that I would like to um mention for my melanated babes with natural hair. If you don't know how to do hair in Jeju, be prepared to be flying back to the mainland. Or <laughs> yes, or be prepared to be out here looking crazy. Um because when I say there is no one, 
no one, no one. I'm, I'm lying. There's one girl on this island that does black hair, and she just moved here like two months ago from Seoul. So there's one person on this island that does like natural hair. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as a result, when you're the only person who can do natural hair, you can charge whatever you want to charge. So if you want to get your hair done, um, by the one person that does hair, 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 um, you're going to pay a pretty penny or you're going to have to learn to do your own hair. And I know on the mainland, you know, you can go to Seoul, you can go to Busan, you can find someone in a bigger city that does hair. But in Jeju, it's non-existent out here. Oh, that is a good point to make. For me, I have to go to one of the bigger cities to get my hair done. Mm-hmm. Like I go either to Daegu or Seoul. But yeah, that's a very good point for anyone who's yes. thinking of going to Jeju. Uh, you got to make sure you know how to do your own stuff. Exactly. Because yeah. if you if you want to do your hair, doing your hair as a black woman in, in Korea is already expensive if you want to get braids or whatever. But then if you're on Jeju, you have to think you're going to have to pay for the hair, the hairstyle. You're going to have to play. You're going to have to pay for a flight. Um, you're going to have to pay for either a bus, a train, whatever. And then you, if you're planning to spend the night, which you probably will, you're going to have to pay for a hotel. So you're not just paying for the hair. You're paying for an excursion. So that is something to think about. Another question for you. Sure. How did you apply to Epic? Did you do it through a recruiter or did you mm-hmm. do it directly? I applied directly. Uh, yep, I applied directly. I was thinking of going through Corvia. And bef- mm-hmm. I know Corvia is doing Epic exclusively now, I think. Um, yeah. But when, yeah, when I applied, um, you know, you could do it with many different recruiters, but I chose to do it directly for many reasons, but namely because I applied on the very last day of application. So, I don't think at that point I could have even gone through a recruiter. It was only direct or nothing at all. God, see, I did. Yeah. I did through a recruiter from for my uh, application. Oh, nice. I appreciate it because I applied to a similar program mm-hmm. and uh, directly without a recruiter, and I definitely saw the difference <laughs> prior to oh. Epic. What program, and, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I applied to Jet. Which oh, was, okay. Uh, Japan. Uh, yeah, Japan. So prior to Epic, I did Jet, and that was a very intensive process as well. Yes. And I was just kind of like, bro, my brain's fried. <laughs> Girl, no, I have heard about the Jet application. And it's funny because I wasn't only looking at um, Korea before I came here. Um, I was looking at Japan, I was looking at Taiwan, and I was looking here. And actually before, I looked at Japan and I was like immediately no. Because the jet application is like, I don't even know. You need your first child here. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, and it takes months. It it makes the Korean process look like a cakewalk. And the Korean process is still a process. No. So, yeah, Jet, I was like, I'm not even going to pursue this because I am lazy. So Jet was a no. And then I 
was looking at Taiwan and I had interviewed with the public school system in Taiwan, kind of like an epic. I did their version um, and I had actually gotten through. However, Taiwan was very strict with COVID. They weren't letting anyone in for like work visas at that point. Mm. So you know, even though I passed the application process, they weren't giving work visas. So that's how I ended up applying to Epic on the very last day because Taiwan, I it, it just wasn't going through, sadly. Gotcha. Wow. So here's another question for you. I know that you said earlier in our conversation that Jeju is a vacation spot or a touristy area. Would you recommend it for a day trip or a weekend trip? And tell us about some local cuisines that you've tried that you've liked and other locations that you've gone to that you know a lot of locals only go there. As far as Jeju for a day trip, no, I would not recommend Jeju for a day trip. Um, There's just too much to see here. You do not want to do yourself a disservice and get on a plane for a few hours and then leave the same day. Like there's too many beautiful things to see. You can definitely do a weekend trip. A weekend trip is perfect. You're still gonna, there's still a lot that you're not gonna see, but you can hit like the, the most popular things in a weekend for sure. And then as far as like a lot of places that um, tourists haven't been to, that is very hard because it's a little island and most of the people who like if you're spending the weekend on Jeju, most of the people here on the weekend are going to be tourists. So it's kind of hard to avoid the tourists, I would say. So I cannot answer that part of the question in good faith. <laughs> okay. And it's what about local Orlando? <laughs> what about or local cuisine? What? Local cuisine. cuisine? Oh, cuisines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jeju is famous for black pork. So it's like pig that has black hair. So if you go to Korean barbecue, you definitely want to get Jeju black pork. Um, it's very popular, it's very famous, and it's very delicious, worth the hype, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Another thing is Jeju is famous for oranges, so, you know, Florida girlies, we know Mm. the oranges, Um, but they have a very specific orange that's only native to Korea, well, to Jeju Island, and I'm gonna butcher it, Um, it's called the halabong, I'm saying it incorrectly, but it's the halabong, um orange it's huge it is huge yes it's so delicious like if you have that in like an orange juice it's gonna be the best orange juice that you've ever had um so try that as well another thing that i've just found out um from one of my co-teachers is that jeju is famous for horse meat now i have not had the horse meat however i will have the horse meat um because i'm open to try anything at least once so but if you're feeling brave you can also have horse meat um because it is a delicacy here is there any particular type of sweets that are native to the island jeju has like a lot of like orange flavored candy so if you go to a tourist attraction and you go to uh, a gift shop, you will see chocolate covered oranges everywhere. 
So they're very big on the chocolate covered oranges. I've never had it, but I see it everywhere. What okay. about the, don't they have the matcha chocolate too? Yes, they do have the matcha chocolate. And also if you go to like, Jeju has Korean a lot of- teachers bring that to school every time they're like, I came from Jeju. It's that yes. one the oranges. Yes, they do. That's a good point. They have like a lot of tea farms, like green tea farms here in Jeju. So they have a lot of like matcha and green tea candy. I'm not a huge matcha or green tea person. Um, so I haven't tried any of those either. I'm slacking on the candy. I need to set that up. But yes, I'm basic when it comes to candy, y'all. I'm like, I see regular like American chocolate and I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, try the try the chocolate covered oranges, try the like the matcha candy, the green tea candy. They are all here and they're very popular. I don't think I'll try the horse meat unless someone snuck that in there without me knowing. Just like how my sister snuck in gator from me when I was a yes. child and told me it was chicken. But um that is definitely good highlights. I do have one more question. Sure. If you had to pick a particular spot in Jeju for someone to visit, if they're going there for the first time, where would Mm -hmm. they have to go? Okay. So it depends on where, what you like to do. So if you want to be in nature, if you want to be where the mountains are, you want to be where the waterfalls are, like very... Like when you think of Jeju and you think like resort beach vibes, like mountains, hiking, all that good stuff, you would want to be in Sogipo. And I'm also butchering that, but Sogipo, um, that's like the naturey side of the island. If you want to live your best city girl life and you want to be at the restaurants and you want, you know, just the city experience. Um, then you would be in Jeju City. So you have those two experiences. Also, you can, Jeju also has like smaller islands that you can get to. Um, so if you are willing to get on a ferry, which is a 15 minute ride, you can island hop to Udo Island, um, which is also very naturey, um, lots of beaches and, and trails and stuff like that. Okay, that's good. And to the main island, to get to like the main part of Korea, you would have to take a, a plane or you can take a boat? You can take a ferry. Yeah, but the ferry takes like 10, 12. 11 hours, 12 yeah. hours. So yeah, if, if I would recommend taking the ferry if you have time. Like if you know you live in Korea or if you're visiting Korea for a while, um, absolutely take the ferry. But if you are visiting here for a short time, a week or two, like the ferry, you probably don't have time for that. Okay. I just wanted to double check because I know that you both had mentioned taking the plane earlier in our conversation. Mm -hmm. I was just making sure there was not another way besides the plane for those who don't really care to take the plane. Yeah, that's an excellent question. You can ferry if you want to be there for like minimum half a day. Okay. What have this experience taught you about yourself? And you did say that you were renewing for another year. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is correct. Okay. So what has this experience taught you about yourself? What has this brought out of you that you didn't know that was already inside of you? This experience has taught me that I am so much stronger than I think I am. 
Um, this experience has taught me that I am more resilient than I think I am. This experience has taught me that I am maybe not as shy as I thought I was, that I can go somewhere and not knowing anyone and I can make a friend and I can strike up conversations with strangers. And, you know, when I came here, I had an adjustment period of about two months where I was like, what did I do? This was a huge mistake. And I was like, I'm going to do a midnight run, which is for those of you, yes, for those of you who don't know, that's like when you just pack up your stuff in the middle of the night and you go to the airport and you just leave without telling anyone. And I promise you, one of the reasons that I did a midnight run, one, I was like, I spent way, way too much time and money getting here. And two, the whole COVID thing, you couldn't midnight run. You would have to get PCR tested and then wait for that to come back. And then that would be a whole process. But I toughed it out. I waited for that period to end. And that that just made me feel so much more confident in myself. And that just taught me that everything is a season, like hard times come and they go. And that whatever hard situation that I am in, I can adapt um, and that has been what Korea has taught me about myself. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that is true. We, when you move um, to a country, there's going to be adjustment time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's normal. I yeah. mean, I think we all kind of had it, especially during this time of like, you're getting in the pandemic, you're mm-hmm. quarantined for two weeks. So you haven't talked to one human in like two weeks. Yes. And then you go and you're getting orientation and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like you don't have time to think, and then when you do have to have time to think, you're like, "What the crap did I just do? I feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed." So I completely uh, yes. get you. Yes, and now. also comparison is the thief of joy because, like, you can very mm-hmm. easily get here and like you meet friends at orientation or you meet friends online, and they keep they may tell you about their apartment, and your apartment may not be as nice. They may tell you about your their schools. And your co-teachers may not be as welcoming or your school is just different. Not bad. It's just different. And so you start, you may start comparing yourself to other people's situation. Um, So uh, Korea has definitely just reinforced uh, to me that my journey is my journey. Uh, My race is my race. And the only one running my race is me. Um, So I don't care what's happening in the lane next to mine. I'm going to stay in my lane and... Yeah, just to focus on my experience and not to compare my experience experiences to other people's experiences because it's going to be different. Oh, yeah, that is that is true. I think one of the things you can definitely say about living in Korea is, and I saw this when I was doing my research, is E-S-I-D, every mm-hmm. situation is different. Oh, I like that. True. It is yes. so true. Um and it, it teaches you to kind of just be able to adjust and just have that um, ability to be flexible. And, mm. and then you, you kind of strengthen yourself because you didn't realize how much you can take on until you move across the world, you know? Exactly. Yep. So my last and final question, and then we're going to wrap up. This is an important one. I hope you're ready. Okay. Yes, I'm so ready. My question to you is what is your favorite childhood cartoon or animation? Ooh, you know, that's a heavy hitter. That isn't, that's a heavy hitter. Um, because like I, 
I am a millennial and I will age myself. I am 29 years old. So I grew up with amazing cartoons. I would like, I feel like I grew up with the best generation of cartoons and I could be biased. I am biased, but Cammy's giving you a face right now. (laughs) Cammy's like, is that a bad face? She's like, girl, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's a few years older than us, so she's she's giving a look like. Mm-hmm. Listen, Cammy, I don't want to tussle about the cartoons, but I can tussle because we had some good ones. So i I had my one of my favorites was like "As Told by Ginger." I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Yes. Yeah. So "As Told by Ginger" that was just for me a classic, and I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, I need to rewatch this because I haven't seen it since I was a child, but I just love that one. It has like a black guy who was like the love interest, which you didn't see at all. And then mm-hmm. it had like a black bougie mean girl. girl. I was <laughs> yes, I was getting <laughs> reputation, you know, I was getting representation matters. And I just love Ginger. She would always write in her diary. So I was told by Ginger for sure. Then there was another show that I liked. It was called, I believe, Wild Thornberries. Yeah. Listen, I used to eat that show up. It had a movie. When it when the movie hit theaters, I was the first one in the theaters. And I saw it like three times in theaters. Um, so that and then I know I keep giving y'all so many ones, but um I also loved like my I grew up with my older brother, so I loved watching like Dragon Ball Z. Like that was a big part of my childhood. Um, and Pokemon and yeah, Avatar The Last Airbender. So many favorites to choose from. So those are those are some of the highlights for sure. Okay. We're go- we're not gonna fight this time. I, I like to have these <laughs> for good ones. It's good ones. Really good. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of good memories. Thank you. Yes. What, what I'm just curious. I I know I I will go back and listen to your older episodes. Um but what are your favorite cartoons? I'm interested in Cammy specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many. It's hard to mm-hmm. um but give us just, four. Give us four. <laughs> um I would definitely um these are no correct order because I honestly don't have a favorite, but the ones that I will always like your go back to will be like mm-hmm. Um, Road and Warrior, Rowan Warriors, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Imiyasha, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, mm. Princess Guinevere and the Drew Riders, Pirates of the Dark Water, Samurai Jack, Cowboy Bebop, like them. Those are the ones. Oh, okay. So I heard a few animes in there, correct? Yeah. Okay, so you like anime then? I like anime overall, and I okay. Secondly, see, I am trying to get into anime because I know, Yay! like, <laughs> listen, I know the anime fans go hard, but I will tell you, I'm having, I've had such a hard time finding animes that can hold my attention. I've only seen besides Dragon Ball Z, which is Dragon Ball Z an anime? Yeah. I think it is. Okay, yeah. So Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon. Uh, I don't count those, but I know they are. But besides those, I've only ever watched Yuri on Ice. That's the only one I could finish, which I, <laughs> I know like. what you're talking about. So where should I start with anime? Like I like, and I'll give you, I like romance and I like drama. 
Where Na- should I start? Nana. Nana? That's my one. Okay. I like that. I will check I, it out. It's a music, it's a music like centered anime, but it also has mm-hmm. the romance and the drama. I would say that that's a pretty easy one to get into. I still need okay. to Nana. I got pissed off at a certain point. <laughs> I get pissed <laughs> off at a lot of them. <laughs> Listen, but you know it's good when you get pissed. When you're so invested, you got to stop watching. You're like, oh, I can't do it anymore. I need a break. So that's a good sign. And what about you, <laughs> Cammy? What would you recommend that I start with? Um, For romance and drama, oh, boy. um, There's a lot, and all of them piss me Ooh, off. Oh, clan ad. Ugh. Never mind. I change it. Clan ad. Clan ad? Yeah. yeah, I will send you how to send you the name the name of it. We'll but, send it um, to you. Perfect. I would Thank definitely you. say maybe you like Angel Beats. Oh, I Angel think that Beats. would be a good one for you. Um, I'm not gonna tell you the premise of it, but it does have a little bit of romance, but it has a little bit more action and mystery behind it. Okay. I don't know if my friends will like correct me on that, but I feel like Angel Beats would be a good starting point for you. If you want something that's really gonna make you upset. Peach Girl, Peach Girl. <laughs> Peach Girl, it's a okay. really emotional anime, I'm telling you. I watched that at the wrong time. I think I don't think there's a right time to watch that anime. I watched that when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Peach Girl pissed me off. I can't remember. <laughs> like, what, what about Rumbling Hearts? I don't. I remember the title. Rumbling Hearts pissed me off as well. <laughs> that one right there, I don't even know when the right time is to watch that either. I'm not going to okay. lie. Okay. So immediately, I'm a threaten for punishment, and I'm like, Peach Girl and Rumbling Hearts, okay? Those might be the two I start with. Um, And definitely watch... um, I think Clan Eye would be good, too. Clan Eye was good, but it also kind of pissed me (laughs) off. There's like three parts. (laughs) I stopped watching it halfway through. My friend was telling me, push through, and I was like, no, I'm not. You can push through for me. (laughs) And he's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. And I was like, yeah, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> or you might like Honey and Clover. Honey and Clover is really good. Um, it just, I feel like it has more drama than it needs to at certain times. It does start off slow, but Honey and Clover was pretty good. Okay, perfect. I'm so writing those, this all down. Those are our recommendations. I'll send you a, a list when we get off the air here. And Thank I'll send you. you. A list of what they are. And if you have the... Uh, different apps like well right now i think the only app really is what's it called crunchyroll. yeah crunchyroll because they bought out everybody okay. I can't, hulu. and or hulu netflix has a few as well okay um, perfect yeah i'll look up some more that are not really i know there's a few more that's on my list that didn't really piss me off but <laughs> i have to go find them okay ali sent it to you all right, but perfect. I don't know. Did you cover why you decide to um, renew for a second year? Um, the number one thing, uh, and I hate to end on this note because it's really bleak. Um, so oh, we like um, the ending. He said we like bleak. Well, this is really bleak. <laughs> TB, what is that? TBC, TBC. Yeah. Um. So I, as you know, like I majored in teaching. So when I go back to the States, I will be a teacher, like full-time elementary school. And the way that schools are in America right now, specifically with like the mass shootings and everything, um, it's really scary. And I just, I'm not mentally ready to put myself into that situation. Like, 
even if something doesn't happen, it's just going to always be in the back of my mind when I go back to America. Like, is this the day that it happens? And so I just figured I'm going to buy myself one more year of having peace of mind here. And that was like the number one factor, to be honest. I mean, it's understandable. It's crazy right now. So yeah. 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 Bleak, like I said, but that's, that's That's the the thought process. Yeah. 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 I totally get that. And I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I have nothing bad to say about that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, I know <laughs> at the start yeah. we had some technical difficulties and in the middle yes. we had some technical difficulties, but I think it came out like gold and yes, we appreciate you so for too. your time. So No problem. And thank you all, thank you and Cammy um for having me on your podcast. Um thank you for the recommendations. I will check them out and thank you for bearing with me while I struggled with the technology. It's all good. I'm just glad we got to chat and you got to share your experience living in Jeju Island, which is also known as the Hawaii of Korea. It's actually been Facts. named the Hawaii of the Korea of Korea. So. Yes. For good reason. If you look up pictures, you'll know. For good reason. <laughs> yes. And uh Cammy, I'm sorry. Ali, I look forward to you coming to visit Jeju. Definitely. And staying with me and Cammy, girl, book the flight so we can meet in person and so that you can see Korea. Awesome. Do you have any social media handles that you'd like anyone to know? So if anyone has any questions, they can reach out to you directly. If not, it's okay. On Instagram, I am at the Biblio Babe. That's B-I-B-L-I-O-B-A-B-E. Um, and you can always send me a DM if you have any questions about um, Korea or Jeju. And only serious inquiries only. Do not be spamming our girl or we're going to come after you. And you know yes. that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but what you also need to do as you're sending her a DM wondering about how she is doing in the beautiful Jeju what you also need to do is follow us on Instagram at here, our two cents. And that's H E A R underscore our, the number two cents. Okay. So don't forget to add us as well. You can send us a DM. You can, I can tell you about my rule town. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget but, to follow us on um, Instagram, YouTube, not, yes, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our here, our two cents. Um, food page and travel page as well, which is called Taste Our Two Cents. Ooh. <laughs> so over there, you'll see some of my uh, photos from my time in Korea. I put a little bit over there. And Nokami has put some stuff from around the States as well. So definitely check it out. Uh, if you haven't followed, please follow the page. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's something a little bit different. We did throw in a little bit of cartoons and anime action in there. So we hope you enjoy it. And uh, that is all. So Okay. Thank you. Thank you again for coming on. And thank you for your thank time. You. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.